Hey, what's up everybody? So this is the last of the human reviews that I'll be doing for a while. Not that many folks are listening to them, uh, but thank you uh, to those of you who have listened to them. Um, Today's interview is with uh, a friend of mine, uh, Roman. He is a Muay Thai fighter, trainer, and uh, teacher and coach. Um, I hope you guys enjoy this. I apologize. Uh, My uh, software while recording this one and streaming this one uh, cut out uh, two times. Uh, we caught out, we lost, uh, like about a minute or two here and there, uh, in the middle. Um, but it was very enjoyable, uh, and very interesting to hear what, uh, that Muay Thai life is all about. And, uh, Roman was a really great guest and, uh, a really great way to close out these human reviews for a while. So enjoy. forgot to mention how you can find uh, more about Roman. Uh, you can go to romaneagleb.tw or search Spanish for Eagle. Again, that's romaneagleb.tw and Spanish for Eagle you can search for. And that's his handle on a couple of stuff. And you'll be able to basically find everything from there. Uh, from his stream to his f- photography to, um, yeah, lots of stuff. Uh, yeah. Pretty good, pretty good. This hot streak is killing me. Uh, the humidity is actually the worst because you can cut a knife with it. Seriously, it's but, like... Uh... <laughs> Ah. But uh, I think the most the most that I'm feeling it right now is at the gym because there's no it's a warehouse with no AC, so we have high windows and a door open. We have fans just like blowing hot air everywhere, so that and then training with a mask, which is now required. It's just like a wet napkin on your face, which is not not my idea of refreshing, but yeah. and yeah. I can't imagine Teach enough them. oxygen going to your brain while while it's it's not it's it's soaked it's like saturated. And then you're mm-hmm. trying to breathe through it. And already it's in- incredibly hard to breathe through a mask. Some would call it moist, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Can you... So you're training... Okay, let's 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 re- rewind back. I want to get start from being the beginning here. So uh, you... Uh, you uh, are... So I, excuse me for anything stupid I might say uh, for not understanding this world that you're in, and I probably should okay. understand this more, but... Uh... Well, luckily for you, my job is to explain it to people that don't understand it. Great, that's great. So, so that, that works out. Um, you uh, are a Muay Thai practitioner. You are... Mm-hmm. Uh, you teach, and you also fight, and um, yeah, so can you just tell... Just What do you do? What's Muay Thai in you? What's, what is that? What is that, Roman? <laughs> tell me about it. Well, um, Muay Thai is essentially the national sport of Thailand. So if you've ever seen like the old, old movies like Bloodsport or Kickboxer, 
Um, a lot of those have some crossover or just take place in Thailand. I mean, they're not the most accurate depiction, but I mean, like any you know Jean Claude Van Damme movie, it's it's hard to really pinpoint exactly what is authentic, I guess. Right. Um, but it's it's kind of like kickboxing, but there's elbows and some like aspects of like sort of wrestling mm-hmm. involved. They call it a clinch. And um, oh, there are grapples. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's sort of like a stand-up wrestling, and then you're you're using your your elbows, your knees, and then if you can within your range, your your punches and kicks as well. So, wow. um, Muay Thai has been with me. Let's see, ten years now, nine years, ten years, and um, it started because it was around the time that people were like the other people around me were starting to go to the gym and they were lifting, and I think the most common thing at that time was just having like a bodybuilder routine right and everybody's like this is leg day this is chest day and, blah, blah. and i just i was just bored um and i happened to be going to a gold's gym at the time <laughs> and they had a heavy bag and i was like i'm gonna hit it and see cool. what happens i probably look like an idiot but you know what it, it felt great and i had just had this rush that i just i didn't have before and then i, I started doing some research and i found uh i found a gym that i had a bunch of friends that were teaching at and training at and i was like yeah i'm in um about three years and they actually shut down so then i happened to have some other friends that i knew back from like uh like college like and some people that i work with and they were going to this other gym that was really close by and i've been there yeah six seven years now yeah so my it was like family member by family member had gotten sick or had symptoms or something and they just weren't feeling well and then as more stuff started to close down, I, you know, I was like, okay, we got to, I can't go home right now. So that two weeks eventually turned into nine weeks because of like the string of like, okay, so my godmother's sick and then my dad got sick and then my mom and then my sister. And then eventually my grandfather, who's 82 also got sick. And then he had pneumonia. He had a blood clot in his chest they rushed him to the hospital, and he tested positive for COVID nineteen. Oh my gosh! Wow. So, like, while all this stuff is happening, I'm like, I'm having like identity crisis because the the thing that I like love the most and put the most time into is effectively gone until further notice. Really shut down until further notice. And then you know, family's getting sick. Like, I'm working from home, so then just all the all that. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be rooming with uh, three other people. So in terms of like getting groceries and stuff, we had a routine, like everything was pretty, was going on pretty well. So we were fortunate enough to, okay, I can make grocery runs for my parents so they don't have to leave. Like when we went food shopping, we'd go to Costco and then I would drive back to New Jersey to drop off food for them and then come back. So they didn't have to go anywhere and they could just mm-hmm. stay isolated the whole time. Um, wow. So around the eight or nine, I guess that'd be seven, week seven, um, was when my grandfather got admitted. And then I went, you know, uh, we waited it out another two weeks. And in that two weeks, we, um, what do you call it? And that, in the two weeks that he was admitted on that second week was like the earliest window that I can go home. So I went home for like a very short period of time, probably like a week and a half. Mm-hmm. And I lucked out and found an apartment, which is where I live now. Um, so I just had to grab all my stuff really quickly. The quickest move I've ever done, just pack up whatever I can and leave the rest. And yeah, so that was about a month, two months ago now. I'm not, I'm not even sure. Like, yeah. It's hard to keep track of time during the May, June, July. Yeah. yeah so the, uh, probably like somewhere in, in May. 
when I signed me, June, yeah. Wow. So I guess I guess June, June, July. We're going into August. So wow. uh, I've been here since. So quarantine's been weird. I've been trying to just stay in shape, and running is pretty much the the main thing that I've been doing up until about a week and a half, two weeks ago. The gym actually opened up partially. Okay. okay. So it's it's been um. I just started teaching it on the weekend, so there, there's some semblance of of, uh, of normalcy going. Wow, you're able to uh, yeah. to to teach in in Jersey. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So okay. um, yeah, they gave they gave the thumbs up as long as there's no contact. Okay. So right now we have heavy bags set up and they're they're spaced out and they have like we have like tape across the mats and then we have like really rigorous cleaning procedures that happen in between rounds, in between classes, in between days. Wow. So um, for the most part, I, you know, I'd stay away from everybody. I can teach from a distance. They can do their thing, and then they go home. One way in, one way out, and we clean all this stuff, and it's ready for the next thing. Um, but it's, but it, I think it was when I finally got home. But when I say home, I mean I was living by myself that I was like, okay, now everything is setting in and all the stuff that you would see people like, okay, they get to the point of quarantine where they're like, oh, now I'm bored. And I just want things to go back to normal. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, the, the, like, <laughs> oh, like, when is this going to be over? Like, I want to like do X, Y, and Z. Right. Um, that, that hit per, like really late for me because I was pretty much always in a situation where I was either at home with my parents or like in in brooklyn with friends mm -hmm. and then when i got home and i lived by myself i'm like oh like this is quarantine yeah like, right can't, yeah. i can't do anything my gym's not <laughs> yeah. open i'm just playing like i i spent so much time like redecorating my apartment and it still looks like shit because it's messy um and then i just kind of i don't know man it, it's so it's so weird to have to like reinvent everything now it's Absolutely. like i have to i gotta live with it now right. i gotta live with me it's a nightmare. Do you, is it, can you schedule a fight? Uh, no. No. Because contact. Um, the only exception is if you're a professional fighter and it's considered essential work. It's considered. Because that's, if, if you're, if you're a professional um, and the, that's your only way of making money or your primary source of income, then you're allowed to do your training and you're allowed to do fights. You see, that's interesting because, you know, you think that like, it's just, uh, you know, it's one person. It's not like you're. First of all, you're not allowed to have a crowd at all. The UFC is not doing crowds, Correct. right? They're just they're they're mm -hmm. fighting. Like I've been hearing some funny stories about like how that's been going. Uh, like yeah. you just you could hear the fighters, fighters talk and stuff. And yeah, you hear the coach, yeah. you hear the like the commentators in the back. They're like, what do you mean I'm losing? You know, like, <laughs> right? Oh, uh... yeah. And so you would think that you would just two people can just agree. We're gonna fight. We're gonna do. Is that? Do you? Would you want? it to work that way what do you think there's too many things involved i mean like that's that's like a step up from like a bar fight dude like it's like the whole point of it is is to have a rule set and a structure and to you know be evenly matched with somebody because mm -hmm. it could be unevenly matched one way or the other because sandbagging is a thing where you'll say oh i only have like five fights and then we do some research it's got like 15 right so like that's happened where we put a guy in and it's his first fight ever and this guy's had five mma fights i'm like yeah, it's not Muay Thai. You're technically you're right. You have zero fights in Muay Thai. But, <laughs> right. Oh my god. But yeah, so like, like stuff like that still slips through the cracks, even with a like a sanctioning body right. with like the athletic commission, 
And without that, it's a nightmare, dude. Plus, you don't know who's going to have it. Like, do you, like, like more than ever, you have to understand that it's a, just a health risk. I mean, it's not, Rest. is it, is it really worth it? I actually funny you bring up like the whole MMA thing because I'm having trouble just watching the fights, just based on just based on the politics that they have in terms of like keeping the safety of the health, uh, or like the the health of the fighters in mind, yeah. which they're not, and like like there's not like a big payout, like the it's it's the top, you know, uh, the top executives that are making money and, and and all those transactions moving around, and then you're fighting for your life putting your life even more at risk than ever mm -hmm. to make someone else way more money for, for what? Right. Right. You know, some people are still going in and getting knocked out and then testing positive for COVID. Like it's, Oh my gosh, really? Like, yeah. And then some fights get canceled or get, they get pushed. So I'm like, I'm skeptical about even the procedure of people getting in to fight because they're like oh like his coach tested positive he didn't it's fine and then we find out like a week later it's like right before the like two days before the event like oh no, he tested positive i'm like oh he came in contact with everybody on the roster that was gonna fight that night so are you really are is their health really in your interest or are you just skimming on the bare minimum and then moving the event to just make more money mm -hmm. when everything else is on pause and it's like and that sucks because as a fighter and if i was if I was a professional, it's like, yeah, I'd, I'd say, fuck it. This is my, this is what I chose. I got to live with it and I got to fight. But mm -hmm. like, it's not, once you step outside of like, oh, okay, like I'm going to be fine. It's like, okay, how many people can I affect as a result? So I think that's, they're sort of missing the mark on that. And that's, I mean, there's, there's, there's deeper levels to like the political game and how all that's being run. I don't, I don't want to get into it, but right, right, let's just say, let's just say I don't support it and I'm having a hard time watching it right now. Gotcha. Which sucks because okay. it sucks. It sucks especially for running an MMA podcast. So, uh, oh, do, do you want to uh, drop that for a second? <laughs> let me let me know what that's about. So, um, I started a podcast called Kicking and Streaming, and the idea was like it was two nerds that also happen to train, mm -hmm. um, talk primarily about MMA and stuff that's happening, Muay Thai, kickboxing, which is the uh, sort of our bread and butter because. He was more jujitsu with some Muay Thai, and I'm Muay Thai with some jujitsu. Mm -hmm. So there's sort of a balance there. And then at the end, we can nerd out and talk about games that are coming out. Um, it's like a very specific audience, but for the most part, when we talk about MMA stuff, at this point, I'm like, I don't know because I haven't been keep, keeping up on fights. Right. Like I don't feel, I just don't feel good about keeping up with fights ah. because even if I'm like allegedly streaming the fight without paying for it, um, mm -hmm. you know, even if that were the case. You know, there there's someone paying for viewership to make that happen, right? And even having even having them in the discussion just adds more support in that direction. And as a coach, especially, it's it's on par with me putting up social media of like if I if I have a video of me training with no mask on in mm. today's world. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I think I think it's on. The, it's like I have to set some sort of example at this point, Agreed. where because yeah. I have people messaging me, but like, how do you handle this? How do you do that? And if I'm just like, yeah, totally, I'm gonna watch the fights and train without a mask and do this and that. It's like I don't know who that's going to affect. So my, I, I can't stop it, but I can help prevent it from spreading. Just sure. you know. So, so. Uh, you know, you mentioned how important. You, earlier, you said you know you put 
all of your time into this. You'd say that I we've had talks before, like uh, mm-hmm. where you've told me, you know, how important this is to you. Um, and you know, outside of your your you know your job, this is like this is your life is Muay Thai, right? Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, and uh, so with that all, with, even with all of that, still with all of that, you're able to keep this kind of like clear headedness about, yeah, this is actually what's right and what's wrong at this time. And even though this is my life and I want to be fighting, I want to be training at the normal way I was training before, uh, that is not overriding this like overarching principled need to be principled. Yeah, the um, I guess I could. All right, so I'll um, I guess I come out and say something I haven't actually said before out loud. Anyway, oh, okay. um, so this this year I was planning to be my last year of fighting. Really? So I had uh, a tournament in May, which should have been like three or four fights in a weekend, mm-hmm. and then the last couple like last six months or so of the of the year, I was gonna do maybe a couple more fights, because then I've I've I'm two and three, so I've had five amateur fights. And if you add four or five, six more to that, then I'm at like, what, 10, 11, 11 fights, something like that. Right. Okay. Once you're in that territory, you have to make a decision. Uh, oh. Do I want to keep fighting amateur? And some people do up until like 30 fights. Okay. Um, but at the same time, I've been taking so much damage over the years that like I can't reasonably sustain it because I started pretty late. I think I was 24. Four or twenty-five. Oh, that's late. Okay. Which is pretty late for the fight game. Um, and so I'd already sustained like a handful of injuries going in, and then it, I'm not getting any younger. And you know they talk about peak performance being at, like in your thirties, like early thirties, mm-hmm. okay. and then we have quarantine. So I, I couldn't I couldn't figure that out if I wanted to. Right. Um, and then you know to take that time off in which I was like, well, maybe I only have like a couple of years left to just try to do this thing and then focus all my energy on like teaching and maybe creating content for, you know, for the gym or for the sport. Um, so it, it sort of fast-tracked that because I didn't have anything planned beyond this year. I was like, well, no, this is about it. And then I have to ask myself, like, what's the next thing that I want to do? So I've been focusing more. I mean, we've had nothing but time, so I've been focusing more on my career and, and, and where my priorities are at and, mm-hmm. you know, having fun with, like, streaming and, you know, doing quirky things. But it's been, you know, I've, um... Uh, I think part of it, too, is that I spent a lot of time and I am spending a lot of time with myself. Because mm-hmm. even though stuff has opened up, like, I might order delivery, I might go get coffee... But aside from that, I don't really have a lot of human interaction. So I've had a lot of time to collect and figure things out. And it's going to be like this for a while. Right. So like, where where are my priorities going to be if I have to reset essentially the next like three years of goals that I had lined up? Yeah. So um, it's about maintaining balance and figuring out like what's really important for you. And a, and a big part of that is actually um, how my coaches push us to to read more and to make sure we have a consistent set of goals like short term and long term like what do you want to do this year this month this week in five years and um it's funny because about five just about five years ago when we started putting goals out and like when i just started first started fighting i was like i knew where i wanted to be and what i wanted to be able to do i was like i don't know fight fight a few more times maybe teach 
maybe culture fighter and this and then i had just like this like list of like let's say five or six things mm -hmm. and i hit and i was like hey uh, i didn't really keep track of them but i hit all the goals mm -hmm. right on that time frame and i'm like i gotta set, i gotta set new ones and you know now's a better time than ever to be able to set new goals and figure out what i want to do but it's been it's been tough dude i just um you just got to take it day by day. That's the best way you can come up with it. Right. It's like anything. It's going to be it's going to be a long haul, but it'll be worth it. So, if you if you so you're going to you, you're deciding maybe this will be the year that you stop, right? But so will COVID so since will COVID delay that another year? So like okay, next year you'll come back. You do one more year. Let's say let's say it's over. Let's just pretend we know that it's going to be over next year. Yeah, yeah right. Um it may never be Spoiler. over, right? That's that's how I'm um, kind of living life and I've kind of like I've had my little existential crisis about that, but um, that's yeah. probably not over yet. But um, and like, what do I do with my life? I thought I was gonna do this. Okay, well, um, you must be having that uh, <laughs> in in your own way, right? So, uh, yeah. How? See, so do you delay it? Do you're just like, oh, I'll just wait. I'll just wait. I'll delay that year. I'm just gonna do next year. I mean, it depends on how I feel. Um... I've had the time to actually relax, recoup, and like find sleep again, and, <laughs> yeah, and try to try to. Yeah. yeah, I feel very different. It's a it's a very different pace because I was used to just running around all the time, and I like barely drive my car. Like, like I happen to be in Queens this weekend mm -hmm. to help help somebody move, but aside from that, I my car. I'm within a very small radius of like where I would be working if the office was open, where the gym is, where my parents are, and, like, where a lot, majority of my friends. I'm, like, right smack in the middle. So I, right. I never really have to go more than, like, 10 miles. Yeah. So once you take that out of the equation, you add more time back into your day for the commute, mm -hmm. not doing anything on the weekends. Right. Like, um, I just have all of this time, so I definitely work at a different pace. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what that looks like because... It'll it'll come and go in phases. Fighting is like the last the last of the last thing that's gonna come up. So I mean, if if that happens in the next four years, I don't know. It depends on how I feel, how I'm training, who's around me, and I I don't know. I don't have a clear goal for it. Right? How could because, you? Because there's no clear yeah. knowledge of what it's gonna be. Right? Who knows, dude? It's it's, it's almost like crazy to. To think in that way, like, oh, if I, it's like saying, oh, if I had a million dollars, what would I do? It's like, well, you know what? You don't right now, right? So, like, let's just be yeah. realistic about what we have right now. So, like, from that perspective, you know, Muay Thai is a huge part of your life, you know? And so, where do you, what do you want to be doing with Muay Thai? You've, you've had all these fights. Um, how do, like, did you, when you finished doing those fights, you know, was it like, oh, man. Like even that first one, you're like, ah, oh, that's exactly what I was looking for. I was looking for that moment. Uh, in my mind, I, in my layman mind, I've never fought before. I've taken a, cl a couple, a couple classes in, in, you know, in fighting and this and that. Uh, I know nothing really, but um, you know, I was like, oh, you know, how great would it be to have that fight that day, that day that I got to fight? And I would just think that, oh, I'd crave that all the time once I got it one time, or I would just at least crave to do it once. Yeah. You know, it's funny you mention it. I I don't like fighting. <laughs> oh um, my god! Very like, interesting. So they're different like I enjoy, you. like enjoy the training and playing around and stuff. And then like I get to the day and and I can't wait for the day to be over. Like I have fun in there. Yeah. 
but it's just like it's not I don't I don't know like when when it's when it's done I'm like yeah we're gonna do this a couple more times and I've never I've never been like oh like I can't wait to get to like to the day like I don't see and I think I, I think part of that is I've I've been so like structured to focus on more of the journey and just getting better right. so right while each fight is sort of like a milestone of getting better if i don't keep myself accountable year-round then the long-term goal isn't even going to be there right so it's like fighting fighting's cool you don't need it to be knowledgeable in the sport um not necessarily like you can be a great coach and honestly i aspire more to change people in that way than you know from fighting i think i i think for me personally i can have a bigger impact than somebody would being like the best of the best like i could be i could be great but i would hate it mm. um really and then at that point then i would probably essentially resent the sport because huh. you know I, I would just pour all my energy into this thing that would eventually turn that love into resentment I know, like, I know, and I feel that way, like, pretty much after every single fight. Like, even if I win, I'm like, mm, wow. what's the next thing, though? Like, I'm so focused on, like, what's next that, like, when I win, I'm like, how fast can we do that again? Wow, right. And, like, and I usually prioritize stuff that happens in life way before I even look at fighting. Like, I love the training, but, like, really teaching, coaching, and, and like, bringing that to, to people because it changes how drastically... You know, they perceive their day-to-day -day lives and, like, yes. not everybody has to be a fighter. You can just train on a regular basis, but they're right. just, like, dude, like, all this changes, like, the way that I think, the way that I eat. Um, so, I mean, being a trainer, being a personal trainer, coaching, helping fighters get through stuff, like, that's that's really my bread and butter. Like, fighting is, is great, but, mm. you know... Um, I I, pref I prefer that also more like commentary stuff. So what ended up happening was I became friends with one of the promoters and he had me commentate a couple of the events. So I was doing color commentary. I can imagine you'd be very um, good at that with a yeah. person. And 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 again because I had the that sort of advantage of like okay like have experience and I fought and I'm kind of a nerd about it specifically because I I have to teach it and like I think with our style in particular I have like in terms of because it's traditional in a sense that it has to come from somewhere hmm. and it's not like there like there's a deep deep history in the sport and out of the respectable the respected gyms like their history comes from somewhere so some legendary fighters some legendary coach mm -hmm. somebody that comes from what they call the golden era of muay thai which is like the late late 80s early 90s where everybody was the best of the best and it wasn't so influenced by gambling like it is today. Ah. So that's an interesting aspect. If you so actually in Bloodsport, this is the only thing they really depicted properly was they get to the arena and they have they show the shot of the crowd and majority of the crowd is like waving up numbers and mm -hmm. they have their phones out or uh, maybe not phones but they had like Cameras, yeah. a board out. Gotcha. They had a board and like whatever and they're just like yeah I'm gonna you know so they're betting on the fighters which greatly influenced it late late nineties into the two thousands and then it'll also introduce a lot of corruption as a result. Right. So, if you ever watch any any Muay Thai fight traditionally with traditional rules in Muay Thai, so Olympia Stadium, Russia Demnon Stadium, like any any major stadium fight, you'll notice the first two rounds they're doing next to nothing. Okay. 
So if you've never seen this sport before, this will look incredibly weird because you watch kickboxing right from the jump. You're like, bah, 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 right. bah, 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 Muay Thai, they're like, maybe a kick, and it's like like 10%, maybe a jab. All right, cool. Just kind of like waiting around, waiting around, jab, all right, nothing. Sure. And part of that is like the gamblers getting settled in to figure out who they're going to put money on. And like they, they'll look at the, like the small nuances to figure out, this guy looks strong, this guy looks balanced, blah, blah, blah. I like this guy, and let's sort of have a discussion around it. And then put money on that person and then third fourth fifth round that's where the action really is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so because of that structure they they've had they've adjusted the way they fought and on also how things get scored and with people like throwing fights and all this crazy shit happening like it's really changed the sport for the worse where you know they they're still the best of the best but if i'm going to quote one of the greatest of all time uh Samart, S-A-M-A-R-T. Samart. Okay. I'm not gonna pronounce the last name. I can lie to you. Um, okay. <laughs> he was one of the greatest Muay Thai fighters of all time, and also sure. transitioned to to boxing, which is unheard of, and dominated in boxing in Thailand as well. Really? And I think across. So he was one of the few cases to be able to do that, and is considered one of the smartest fighters around. And when I they interviewed him, guy. he said, "Oh, 100 yeah. percent. Yeah. I'll give you a whole list of names." Please. Um, but during a recent interview, I think probably in the last like three or four years or something, he said that Muay Thai is going to belong to the foreigners in a couple of years based on how it's going. Really? So, so he's huh. like, they're just getting better. They're getting smarter. They're, they're, they're training harder or like, you know, more efficiently. And the ties aren't going to be able to keep up on a long enough scale. So he said, it's going to belong to the foreigners soon. <laughs> so it, it's, I mean, I think part of that too is he's seeing the transition into MMA and how mainstream that's gone and Muay Thai doesn't have that kind of support. Like if you think like MMA fighters are struggling when like some like you still have some fighters like granted it's a top 0.1% making millions of dollars in yeah. a fight or half a thousand or half a or half a million or whatever it is in a fight. Mm-hmm. Muay Thai is no nowhere near those numbers. There's no fighter that makes that money. There's no Muay Thai fighter that makes that money unless they transition to MMA. Right. Like right. I, I can't think of any like crazy prize fight that wasn't like a long ass tournament. Which in a, in a tournament, that means you're fighting multiple times in a night. Oh. People forget that that's a thing that happens. Because like, oh, you got one fight. It's like, no, you do a tournament. You got like, you might have five. Oh. You know, depending on how well you do or how many people are in the tournament and stuff like that. So that's that's the hard part about it is like it's such a niche 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 right. niche niche sport. Right. It's so yeah. specific that it, you know, it. It's beautiful in and of itself, but it's it's like the hipster martial art in a sense. <laughs> you know, it's not it's not like it, it's not that obscure, but in terms of relevance, like most people still don't know about it. And you know, that's where I come in. Hopefully, I don't know. Maybe I, I can teach more about it. I, uh, I, from my perspective, as kind of like you know a very casual, like you know, I know I. You know, I kind of hear about the big fights and in, in in fighting uh, in MMA. Uh, you know, I always hear Muay Thai is the go-to for 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 learning about striking, and um, mm-hmm. uh, that's usually what everybody always says. Oh, you do you do your Muay Thai, you do your Jiu-Jitsu, and I always hear Muay Thai, and Muay Thai always was the more interesting one for me. I never got to a chance to go ahead and follow through with that, um, but uh, I always wanted to. That was the one I was always actually mm-hmm. interested in the most. So I just thought it was so cool when I found out that you were like so involved in this world. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Can't yeah. wait till I do that. And then like my shoulder is injured to hell. So uh, yeah. I was like, oh man, 
this sucks. I want to train, but I can't even do that. But and so in my from my perspective, people talking about Muay Thai nonstop. Uh, you know, when I listen to Rogan, he talks about Muay Thai all the time. He has these guys. He had one fighter who went to who's, uh, you know, who's in UFC, and he goes to he went to Thailand. He lives in Thailand, and he trains there just to get his striking to that like super high level. Probably call it Roundtree. Yeah, that's um, it. That's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I would think yeah. I thought that and, you know and his 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 is like his kicks instantly got better and I was like yeah that sounds alright right he went yeah. to a legitimate gym for a while and then he switched off but um oh did he okay yeah okay. I, I forget where he's at now but the the thing about the thing about Muay Thai is it hmm. it it's sort of a hybrid from what most people understand martial arts to be so right. it's not it's not fancy gotcha. for the most part it's very practical in at least for sport i should say for sport okay. um so when you when you when people talk about oh how you're gonna mix it up in like muay thai jiu-jitsu seem to be like the two most common right to go to you, you have an exceptionally round base because muay thai has clinching which most sports don't have right like unless you're like a sambo slash mma fighter like which is another good combination like muay thai will will keep you very tight in the clinch so if your stand-up wrestling is is like that and you want to maintain that control and that balance muay thai has that if you want to work on your 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 striking so your boxing elbows your knees and your kicks muay thai has all those things okay when you get to the ground your jiu-jitsu will take over jiu-jitsu and wrestling right so because muay thai has those aspects built into it it, it allows you to have more of a diverse range of attacks and then when your grappling kicks in then you know you have your wrestling and other things too so, like, in the MMA world, off the top of my head, I would say Edson Barboza is a good example. Uh, Jose Aldo. Well, I'm losing some names right now. Uh, but there's there's a bunch that, like, have that well-rounded... Well, I mean, Israel Adesanya is going to be up there, too, because he, he was a kickboxer, and he transitioned very well into MMA, and is the current middleweight champion wow it's 185 yeah middleweight i believe and he just he, actually his one of his most recent fights he knocked out robert whitaker which people didn't think was going to happen but you know shout out to the skinny guys man this guy's got some serious power in there but the point being that like you see like the small techniques and it's a it's so detailed because it's only the basics mm-hmm. um like anything people can sort of convolute it and and and, and blow it up to something that's super fancy and like flying knees and all this stuff it's like yeah it's the yeah. stuff you see in movies but on back i've all seen people yeah, I've, yeah exactly i've seen people <laughs> get knocked out trying trying to do a flying knee and it took one punch they just walked into it right so it's like some of those aspects are there and the some of the traditional parts of the fight um actually take the sport away from general airtime. so uh, there's a whole like sort of like dance that happens between like before the fight so sometimes you'll see like i don't know like a 10 minute it's almost like they're um so the ramoy uh white crew is is how you is, is the dance that essentially you're paying respect to your trainers oh and, really and and your coaches and and then you're gonna seal the ring and then you you sort of keep the bad spirits out and you say okay we seal the ring it's just you and me right now and then touch gloves and you beat the shit out of each other that's, uh, uh, but that can take life. like that that can take like 10 minutes like there's like a whole thing the slow song plays and then they have and then depending on where what gym you're coming from that does vary and everybody has their own individual touch to it 
Um, but that's not good for mainstream TV because people are going to be like, if you've never seen the sport before, like, why are they dancing? I want to see some blood, you know? Right. That's fascinating. That's, uh, wow, um, yeah. I didn't know that there was this whole, there's a lot of, uh, kind of tradition wrapped around it. Uh, yeah. Uh, do, is there, uh, like philosophy as well, as well, uh, you know, in there and, uh, you know, maybe cause you, it sounds like there's a lot of that, like when you're talking about being a, being a coach for someone, uh, being a teacher, um, it sounds like, you know, I, I feel like doing, joining any kind of like, uh, martial art or anything and joining a school and that could be transformative for anybody. But, um, in a lot of ways, you know, you get community and you get kind of direction and you get exercise, which is all really good. But, yeah. uh, but is there like, a, is there like a men, is there a philosophy or anything that, comes along with it that you kind of have picked up along the way or um have seen i think it's just deep rooted because historically it's deep rooted with um traditionally buddhist country ah okay that there's there's some crossover i don't know how how deep the water is in terms of how much crossover there is into buddhism Mm -hmm. aside from the specific forms that you work on it, and, until you dig into the super traditional like Moi Baran, which is more like the unbox stuff that you've seen um, mm-hmm. where he's like tiger whips his tail and I don't know, right. elephant gets his money back. I don't know. Like whatever, whatever those like forms that he has, like all those things um, are very, very old school and go back to the war of Siam and, and like, Oh really? Like those are the traditional ties of Muay Thai, and then they translated that into a sport, which became Muay Thai. Right. So the originally, I mean, they even had weapons. Like they would have, like if you can imagine, like a billy club, you have the handle, but the bar was here, right. and instead of a bar, it's like a blade. So like they would use that in terms of defense. And when they turned into a sport, essentially, it was like a, it was very Mortal Combat. It was like, okay, <laughs> we're gonna have a guy fight everybody else, and who's the best one, and that's your strongest fighter. Wow. Um, and it wasn't to the death, as far as I know, but it was pretty much like okay someone might have to fight 10 dudes and like be the best of that and then they're like oh we can make money off of this i don't know however however it became a sport after that but right they modified it um added gloves you know and and yeah i mean like because they were so invested in that becoming a sport um i think some every once in a while you'll see certain fighters with a shaved head and shaved eyebrows and all of a sudden they're a monk. I don't know exactly. <laughs> I don't know the, the detail of that. I just know that it's a very common occurrence to see like your favorite fighter. Oh, he's got no eyebrows right now. He's like off in a temple right now. Wow. And I've heard the comparison that it's like going to confession. Cause if you're just like fucked up or something and they're like, Oh no, I'm just going to clean up real quick and then I'll come back to where it was. Right. Right. And, and I was like, it's such a common occurrence. I'm like, is that, is that about the extent that like the depth of, of what it is? Like I go to confession. I'm like, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not gonna be any better after this, but it's nice to <laughs> feel good after the fact, right? Um, because they just go back to like they're like partying and everything, and it's mm-hmm. so it's just so ingrained to their culture. Um, I think well, like when I mentioned, or if we if we talk about philosophy about around the sport of Muay Thai, I, the simplest the simplest way I can sort of describe it, and it's the same of as as most hard workouts, but the thing is. Being a martial art, there is the art aspect of it. When it's done correctly with proper technique gotcha. and over over time, you, you appreciate those particular things. Because anybody can hit hard. They can learn hit, to hit hard. 
but can you do it gracefully? Can you do it with great timing and mm. balance? Like that's what makes it a performance. That's what, that's what judges see. Right. Like you can kick really hard, but if you fall over doing it, I'm not giving you a point because uh-huh. you, you fell. Like, yeah, you might have done some damage, but the guy can't hold his own. And the combination of that being like ever present is sort of what makes it kind of philosophical because mm-hmm. it takes all the bullshit away. I think that like after <laughs> after right. a hard, hard train session, like, Especially now with the mask on, you're thinking, I just want to be able to breathe. Like, I don't care about, like, if I get hit. I don't care. Well, I just want, I, A, I want to survive. And, like, B, I need, like, water and air. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it takes all those things away, you have no choice, but you have to be present. Right. The thing about the hardest workout or sport or anything you've ever played in your body is just looking for survival. You sure. don't think about anything else. Like, whatever problems you had that day, they're gone. Like, whatever was looming around in your head, they're gone. Right. And when you take that and and somebody who's just having a hard day, I'm like, listen, we'll hit the bag, we'll hit some pads, let's let's work through this. Like, as a coach, yeah, I'm trying to kill them. Don't get me wrong, but we're gonna make it pretty, right? And and then you know, however you you experience that, it you know, you have that sort of like outer body experience of like, oh, okay, like I feel light, and you have like that workout high, like like to have like runners high. It's the same thing. It's just a little bit more brutal, I think. <laughs> Unless you're like an ultra marathon or like an Ironman like runner, that's different. Yeah, those Something are to Alcatraz and stuff like that. Yeah. Those are that's another. That's a different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you? But it's it's the same feeling on a different scale. I'd say. Do you feel like? Um, do you wish that Muay Thai came into your life earlier? I I wonder that. Um, I want to say yeah, but. Every time I spend time thinking about, like, oh, like, coulda, woulda, shoulda. Right, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm like, right. well, there's a lot of things I wish I could have just known earlier. And it's of like, course. Oh, dude, everybody everybody just has their path. So yeah. I don't even think about it at that point because it's it's like, well, I could I could just be reading or something. I don't know. Right. Play video games. Right, like, yeah. Like, all this time I could just be this, you know. You could be doing like, something it's, else. It's a, yeah, absolutely. It's a thought to have. Um but in any context, it's just the same thing. It's like, oh, I wish I could have. Oh, it's the same deal. Yeah. It's like I got I got here how I got here, and I don't. As far as I don't have any real regrets. That's a so. that's staying present, I think, and I think that kind of goes along with the the presence that you know being involved in the sport brings. I think I think yeah. that you know okay, you practice that right? Like they're like, oh, I have to be here. You know what I mean? Well, I'm not going to be there in the past, so why would I? You know, sit sit in the past yeah. and think about that. And, and so what do you think that, um, so, you know, there was never in your mind this time where you're like, okay, I want to take this and I'm sorry if this is a dumb question, but I'm full of dumb questions. You wanted to take that. And I'm just thinking from my perspective, I was like, oh, I want to take that. And I want to enter, uh, the mixed martial arts arena. I wanted to, mm-hmm. to enter that because you're a fan of that stuff too. Uh, oh yeah. So, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. So. uh, I've competed separately and I am sort of a purist in that way. Uh, I'm I'm not of I'm not in the camp of saying like MMA is like a bastardization of of the sport. I just mm-hmm. think it's a separate sport, right? And I've been asked several times to to be able to do stuff from different country uh, different countries, different uh, coaches over the years, mm-hmm. and I've just I've said no because I had such a late start. Like I don't, it's not sustainable. It's like it'd be entertaining. Don't get me wrong. Right. Um, I would have fun with it for forever that that time frame is, but. Um, for me, if it if it doesn't pan out or work for me long term, and I'm effectively doing more damage to my body in the meanwhile, 
probably not worth it for me mm-hmm. to get like a couple of fights in maybe and then not go pro you know um, um yeah good so uh are any of the folks that you're coaching do they want are they are they like oh the muay thai is a subset of my skill set that i'm building out yeah 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 we have um we have the guys at silver fox that work with us in their jiu-jitsu gym and um i think two of their pro fighters and i think three of their amateur fighters work with us three of their sorry three of their pro fighters maybe four um i work with one uh, my private sessions i work on mostly pretty much all the stand-up stuff and then we try to transition it more into into mma so we make some adjustments here and there but i'm primarily there to sharpen up a stand-up so like that that's the sort of that's sort of the direction i wanted to go in and it just when i stopped forcing it and being like oh we got to do blah, blah and like I just sort of let it happen. I get a call one day and they're like, hey, like, do you want to help so-and-so get ready for his fights? I'm like, fuck yeah, I do. Like, that's absolutely what I want to do. Right. Hurts, don't get me wrong. My joints hurt. But, um, you know, being that guy to push you and, like, make you better and then, you know, I want to be the guy that you have nightmares about and then if you fix something, like, oh, your hand drops, you're like, oh, shit, he's going to yell at me again. Like, I want to be that guy. (laughs) Really? For, yeah. I mean, I I just think that's what ultimately makes you better. It's not it's not even necessarily fear it's account- accountability mm-hmm. and i and i think about you know like some people will even go as far as saying like i hate you for this but also i kind of love you for this because it made me better or whatever it was right. and i'm not always right don't get me wrong like i'm not like like everything i do is perfect but it you know i i understand that the things that i do have an effect or consequence outside of myself in that capacity so I feel like I have I have some influence. I hate that phrase because of social media. Yeah, I hate that phrase too. Yeah, yeah, that's um, a terrible I, word. But yeah, I, but I have that influence on you know at least a subset of people that will invariably pay for me to yell at them. Right. Yeah. And you know I uh, I don't want to take up uh, too much of your time here, but I uh, I just wanted to know. And I know that we just talked about, um, you know, how you're very present and you're not thinking coulda, woulda, shoulda, blah, 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 you know, but like something that runs through my head and I'll, and maybe this is not, you know, your experience all the time is this idea that, okay, this is happening right now. We're in this situation, right, that we're in. And uh, because of that, we're not having a pure talk about, you know, you and uh, Muay Thai because we're, ha- we're kind of having to confront it in a different way because of mm-hmm. what's happening you know it's kind of weird but it's kind of like we're it's presented to us so we have to you know the obstacle is the way here i guess right so this obstacle might exist for me like i think to, to myself with my future goals with things i want to accomplish things i just want to be doing with my life like because what i'm doing right now is going to affect you know is is because of what i'm i think i'm going to be doing later um you know i expect i'm going to have a week where i'm going to be you know at home and i'm going to be able to you know, work on stuff on the computer or something, you know, I know I'm going to have that time because I know I'm not going to be able to go out. So in the future, Mm -hmm. you think to yourself, okay, you know, this is so important to me. This is such a big part of my life. I'm not, I don't really think I'm going to be fighting anymore. It's not really a big thing for me. Um, I want to see what you think about the future. What if this doesn't end for the next couple of years? And what do you think, where do you, where would, what do you think you would do with it? Like that's, it's a hard question. I'm sorry. I probably should have asked, told you to, you know, about it before, but like, you know, what do you think just offhand, like off your head, 
Have you been thinking about that? Like, what's going to happen? Like, am I just going to be coaching? Am I going to be virtual coaching? Am I going to be like, you know, tele tele coaching from you know the thing like, oh, do this, do this, and you'll, you know, yeah. like it's yeah, and it's like, what if people can't fight? And like, it's like, okay, fine, we'll just train people. You know, what do you think? What do you think about the future? Well, what's your future here if, if COVID never ends? <laughs> Quarantine never. I ends. mean, I had a. Like I said, I, I previously had a game plan and had to spend this time sort of realigning all the different goals that I had in yeah. mind. And I I do have as 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 present as I try to stay, I had I have to think, okay, at least generally I'll be I'll be there and I could set it and just lose the piece of paper or whatever forever. Um but the short answer is like I I will see what happens in the in the next year ish, year or two. I don't really see anything changing in terms of fighting. I don't think it's, you know, I think I have to sort of close that chapter mm-hmm. in the book and, and figure out what's what's next for me. And I've been, a, I've been, okay, like I got to work on how do I be more of me, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, right. Because being, this being a huge part of my identity, it's like I have to reinvent myself in the way too. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I've been trying to figure out how and where to spend my time. And it sort of ended up being with the people that I care about the most and checking in with them and see how they're going and listening in. Uh, I started taking an improv class because I heard that's a good one too. Yeah, I did a so lot I have an of improv that. Class every, yeah, yeah I, got one, I got one happening every Tuesday. It's happening over Zoom, which is fun. Interesting. That's um, fun. Uh, and they're all like lovely people. And... And going to, going to just meet like, yeah. I mean, like I, I just have a, 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 I don't really have it. Like if this and that, it's like, well, we'll see what happens in the next year or two. But right. I think about the the long term stuff. Like, I want to move to Denver because <laughs> I've, I've been in, and I just I thoroughly enjoy the the moderate isolation, but also also like health conscious. Right. Like for like bike paths everywhere that can yeah. handle snow on like New Jersey. Right. Um and just just chill at like that altitude and have a view. And then that's like that's it. If I, if I ever figure it out like what's what's simple, what do I like and where do I want to be? It's like some place like Denver. That's... And Yeah, I don't know. It's such, it's such, it seems like such a random thing, but it act, so that actually started because one of the one of our ex-amateur fighters he is a personal trainer full-time like he worked at like 24-hour fitness and like was was getting me into like personal training and that's sort of how i started like my certification and stuff like that so i could take more more clients and things um and that kind of got me to where i'm at with being able to take private sessions and train people and do more like strength and conditioning kind of type of work and actually know what i'm talking about Mm -hmm. um and he moved to denver and i was like it's random as fuck um but he you know he told me about like everybody's healthy there like Whole Foods is one of many Whole Foods types gotcha. of places because gotcha. of how like how fresh like produce and like everything is and like and you ride your bike everywhere and it's just it's a different it's a totally different pace and it's you know it's a bit it's not exactly a New York pace like like there's really nothing like the New York pace. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And if I'm thinking like super duper long term, like yeah, I would probably just if if I don't move to like Thailand, then I'd probably live in like Denver like some super chill place have you contemplated that thailand thailand i've i've had opportunities I've have you been them all down yeah, have you three been times three times 
How, three, what was three times a month a month apiece. Do you have a couple more minutes? I just want to hear about Thailand. I just want to hear about oh, Thailand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, I mean, I would just take, I would rack up all my vacation time and just and just go to Thailand for a month. Wow, and, how and cool. It's my, and I go, it's my birthday month, so I would go every February. And, and then I end up changing jobs. So I couldn't do that anymore. But it was just to focus on the training and like, okay, like this is the skill, the skill work that I have to do and live that fighter lifestyle and figure out if I wanted it or not. Right. And that's where I got the most clarity. I was like, I don't want to fucking do this. Right, <laughs> like, clarity. Nobody wants to do this. I was like, well, I got the training. I got to relax. And now, like, I'm already like, where, where do I retire and just, like, chill out here and get fat? And, like, be one yeah. of the fat trainers. Just hold the pass for everybody. Um, but, the the, like, cult, like, culturally, I love a lot of things about being in Thailand and being Asian in general. I'm definitely overdue for a trip to the Philippines. But with the current state, Plus, on the government, state, and all the politics happening in there, it's probably not a good idea to go. Mm. Um, but pretty much the two only places would be somewhere in Thailand, around where I was, and then probably Denver. Wow. If I'm thinking long term, but yeah, the Thailand Thailand's great, dude. Great food. Get to hang out and just you can you can make a choice and say, okay, I'm gonna do the same three things every day. Or you could try to learn the language and like immerse a little bit. But if you're not fluent in Thai, you can get away with just not talking to anybody. So you can be around a bunch of people and never have to talk to anybody. Oh, interesting. And I, I think that's like a, a weird line of uh, isolation that I enjoy. Yeah. It's it's like people watching, but from a like a social distance, if you will. Oh, I, God. I, I didn't mean yeah. to play that pun. But, yeah, right. Um, which you can put in the context of like other countries. So I just, you know, the idea of, of like traveling and just embracing other people's culture mm-hmm. has always been fascinating to me. But I just wanted to live somewhere for an extended period of time. But right. the next best thing is dash person for all this time and, and wondering why, you know, X, Y, or Z happened. And then I can only focus now on just being better as myself. And right. then. You know what else? What else do I really have, like, power over to change? Like, I don't have the control to really change anything else. So when I talk about environment, like, I could physically move to another location, right? And that's something that I can control. And whatever happens in that location will be greatly influenced by the things that happen in that environment. So if I end up in a different culture, like, yeah, I mean, things are going to change. I'll probably have maybe an accent and. You know, like a tan, you know. Right. Um, but ultimately, I I just I try to get away from. Okay, like I have, it's like that pioneer mentality of like, okay, I have my survival things. Like I'm not gonna starve to death. Like I have shelter. Right. I have some, you know, some social social circles to some extent. So like, what outside of that, those things that I need for survival, like what what else can I do with this time? and resources so part of that when i think about environment and like oh i could change x y and z or i could do different things i also think i'm technically for what i do i'm in the wrong market anyway just you know being that it's way more popular in what would be asia mm-hmm. and, and and really any other place that's not like the middle of nowhere new jersey you know right right so that's that's sort of my thought process on it. it's like okay this is how i'm gonna sort of change the world that's my own strange way. Um, and we're just talking about Muay Thai. We even talk about the other stuff. Yet. Right. We have, we have not. We have, we, I feel like we have to have more than one of these conversations here. Oh, yeah. There's a of course. Lot, there's a lot, of, there's a lot yeah. to unpack. You know, 
I guess I want to leave it on this. So, if do you think um, that uh, Mo- Muay Thai? Um, I I don't understand. This is the one thing I don't get. I think Muay Thai is super cool. I was super into like like after especially after I saw the movie Yong Back, I was like, oh, the Muay Thai all the way, right? And then I saw the strike. Yeah. I would watch videos of people pra- practicing. I'm like kicks. And punches. I'm all about this. You know what I mean? Like the vid- like yeah. video yeah. games. You know all that stuff. Like and ju- but jujitsu. What it? But jujitsu is super popular, and it's all grappling and all that stuff. Why do you think that is? Like, why do you think that there's so many jujitsu gyms compared to Muay Thai in America, or at least Jersey? I don't know. They're like at every corner you find a jujitsu gym, and I feel like why would like Muay Thai is it's 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 you got striking. You you mentioned that you you know you have the clinch. You have this and yeah. but like but people know it as the striking sport, right? That's what people know it as. So you would think people would be like, I'm gonna go. I want to go find it, more gyms that have that. You know what I mean? So you mm. find like a bunch of taekwondo is everywhere, everywhere. You know that's what I did when I was a kid, and I wasn't like, I mean, it was cool. I wasn't like thrilled about it. Um, and then but like yeah, why is that? What's the heck? What the heck? Why isn't it more popular? I think it's cool. I think it's awesome. I think a lot of people think it's cool too. Yeah, I think it just it showed up at the wrong time um, in terms of like hitting mainstream, just just because MMA and and it really really took over. Right. And jujitsu jiu-jitsu gyms specifically made it to America way earlier. That's number one. Ah. Uh, okay. Two, they have two major cultures that it, that it sort of stems from. So we primarily know like brazilian jiu-jitsu which comes from the gracie family so he right. gracie and like his huge string of family of, of family members that just pass it on that way right. so they're just yeah. like this crazy like pay it forward type of thing um but b- even before that it came from a jap as like a small japanese man mm-hmm. so you have the japanese culture which loves like their wrestling loves like their their, their grappling and mm-hmm. and several other martial arts you spread that out and then you have the graces that take over and then go through all that. And then on top of that, they land in MMA and the first guy to win the UFC fighter is a Gracie. Yeah, right. So the UFC event is Gracie. So jiu-jitsu spreads like wildfire. Um, it's not until later on that they figure out, oh, like strikers can sort of compete with with grapplers. It's like, okay, like they're not going to get you on the ground. If you have decent defense, you just kick them in the head. You're good to go. <laughs> right. Yeah, that'll um, do something. And then you know Muay Thai started popping up a little bit more, so it's it's definitely I don't wouldn't say it's on par. I understand the seeing a lot more jujitsu gyms, but structurally, you would probably just based on like how often coaches pop up and having a ranking system probably helps. It's marketing because mm-hmm. Muay Thai has no ranking system, mm-hmm. and if it does, it's bullshit. I, I know because I went to a gym for three years, I had one. And then right. I was like, I didn't learn any of the shit. Just I learned like the first two days of this other gym. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's so it's so like gate kept. That's not really a good word for it, but like there's such a gatekeeper for learning mm-hmm. that you know because they they're so obsessed with like the purity of it. And I think jujitsu is more fluid in that we just try to take it and make it better. Or Muay Thai is like, no, we have traditional way of doing it. Mm-hmm. That's it. And then people <laughs> sort of kind of break away from that, but. You don't have any credibility because it could be some random guy that opens up a Muay Thai gym that says he knows what he's talking about and right. whatever. And and now that happens more because of the context of MMA, but because Jiu Jitsu, I I think maybe the main 
driving point would have been ranking system because it's always a black belt under X, Y, and Z and right. blah, 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 whatever. And people get sold in that kind of stuff. But they like progression. They like yeah. like a game almost, you know? So, you know, leveling Plus up. Plus they, they would understand wrestling more than they would Muay Thai right, that's or kickboxing. Right, so because America has a great wrestling base and not so much a great kickboxing base, right. you're, you're going to be more familiar. Oh, it's like, this is like wrestling, except you get choked out and whatever. Right. Um, versus like, oh, they, like the kickboxing stuff. Like I see that with like, it was kind of a bad look when they had like really long, like flashy pants. And like, you know, I just think of Rex Kwando and laugh every, every single time. But I think that's a, a pretty, as like satirical as it was, it's a pretty accurate depiction of what, like middle america sees kickboxing as gotcha. it's like the rex wando with like the the american flag pants and just it's like some white guy teaching like an asian martial art and like yeah i sure uh kind of mm-hmm. like there's a questionable like it's a questionable sense of of at least for me at least what i value if i if i go to a gym i, I try to see like what look what the history of whatever it is going in some like i don't i i, I feel like some people go in like, oh, like, is it a good workout? And I'm like, not my first question, but. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what so, some people do. But, yeah. But the stuff that I get at the gym, it's like, it's, it's as people learn about it. Yeah, I, that's what makes it sort of like the hip, a hipster martial art in that sense. It's like, it's kind of there, but it's kind of not. And it'll never, unfortunately, I don't think it'll ever get big. Like, as, as far as like UFC big, mm-hmm. it's close because of what, how one FC is handling it, and sometimes Bellator with Bellator kickboxing. Mm-hmm. But if you've ever seen a one FC event, they mix up like the whole night, maybe all MMA, or it might be all kickboxing mm. or Muay Thai. Or they'll have like, here's an MMA fight followed by a kickboxing fight followed by a Muay Thai fight followed by a tournament. Like mm. they have jam packed and they have a huge audience to be able to do so. So if anybody's doing it better, it's going to be one FC. Mm-hmm. And I have a couple friends that fight for one FC and they say like everything's run super professionally even like the way they they manage like um weight classes is very different like you have the same day weigh-ins so all of a sudden that changes Mm -hmm. which is huge because most people just suck their weight down to a certain point and then they rehydrate and they're like massive the next day right exactly whereas now like a good example is demetrius johnson was a ufc flyweight champion for a really long time lost his title got traded to one fc which was the first trade ever done for fucking ben Askren. anyway Wow. Um, and all of a sudden, he had to fight bigger guys because he couldn't do the same weight cut that he was doing before. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I liked about it was they changed his training regimen so that he just got bigger. Like he was just like a lot more muscular and just got stronger and faster as a result. And like that's how it should be. Mm-hmm. That's a prime example, but he's not talked about because he's not like controversial. It doesn't hold clout in that way. He's just a nice guy. Right. Except when I met him, he was kind of tired that day, probably, but <laughs> gotcha. that's fine. Um, but yeah. Wow, that's that's so interesting. Yeah, I uh, I hope it. Uh, you know, I I really appreciate you keeping it keeping it going, and you know, and uh, you know, continuing with this because I, you know, someday when if my shoulder ever heals, I'd love to I'd love to learn. Uh, but uh, possibly before you hit, go to Denver. Uh, so yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, well, you don't need to. You don't need your shoulder to kick. So that's that's good news. Oh, you can always work around on. it. I could uh, as yeah. a personal trainer, you got to figure out how to adjust when people have injuries. So really, really, wow, that's yeah. okay. Whoa, whoa. whoa. Oh, I need to I need to hear hear about this. Okay, so I have terrible right shoulder, right? Terrible. It can't. Yeah. It gets like even when I'm running, like it it'll like start mm-hmm. to flare up and boom. So would I would I be able to like go train somewhere and then still be able to use, 
you know, whatever yeah. limbs I have left, you could you could kind of customize. I mean, I mean, legally, yeah, legally speaking, they have to accommodate you. Um, okay. At the same time, if they're if they're worth their weight in salt, it's like they're gonna figure it out. So every trainer that I've ever had can work around an injury. Really? You know, it, if you, it's if you have multiple ones that are long term, then it's like, okay, they've got to really modify this workout. But for the most part, so you don't have a right shoulder. It's like you can punch the air, or you can just go through the technique slowly, whatever keeps that there. Right. Like at most, will keep you. We'll tell you to keep your hand up just for the sake of technique. But even then, you know, if you need a brace or whatever it is, I've worked around all kinds of things. You have. Like I've had fighters with like with like broken arms, and they're like, I could still hit with the other one. Huh. You know. You. And that's and that's. I don't know if it's like a fighter mentality thing. They're like, ah, no, I'm fine. Like it's just a little broken, you know. But, mm-hmm. but for the most part, you like you you adapt. That's the same thing with personal training. If you walk into uh, like a blink, mm-hmm. or whatever, and be like, oh, I have a bad shoulder, and be like, ah, eh, maybe not shoulder day, or maybe we'll just isolate the one arm and work around it. So yeah, you can definitely adapt. What a great philosophy. You might have changed my whole perspective on this. I've been like kind of like super not happy about the fact that yeah. I can't that I, that I've been limited physically by my shoulder and by my right knee uh, runner's knee so it's not yeah. nearly as bad uh as yeah I, I got something similar where after a certain mileage like my right leg goes numb <laughs> so i've had to adjust i've had to adjust the way that i run wow wow but yeah, like it, i said long long-term injuries and stuff have just like beat me over the years and it just made me question a lot of things but i've fought through a bunch of stuff and do you have any pains yeah. right now? Like as we we're talking, is there anything that if you like, if you just were just become aware of your body and just like you could like be like, this hurts, this kind of hurts, this kind of hurts. No, I I That's think good. the only adjustment I've really noticed is like how much I'm sitting. So I'm like my back kind of sucks right now, and like you can sort of remedy a lot of that with uh, yoga or stretching and just generally moving and and getting up on a more regular basis. Mm-hmm. So that that part I've been lazy about, but I feel like. Since the gym's open up, I don't really have much of an excuse right now. Um, so it's just it's getting back into the th- like I went four months without kicking anything. Like wow. I had I, I had a kettlebell and I was running and I was like I didn't hit pads, I didn't hit a bag, I had zero access to any of that stuff. Um, so you can you just figure out where you're at, and then it really boils down to like what's you know when they talk about like what's essential, mm-hmm. and usually mean in the context of of what's essential business, but. Right. In a pandemic or in quarantine like this, you figure out what's essential to your life. So I talk about right. that pioneer mentality. It's like, well, do I really need all these cookies? And the answer is always yes, but that's <laughs> right. We're gonna have to have yeah. a personal training talk at some point about you know that sure. whole aspect. Um, thank you so much, Roman. You, know, you know where to reach me, man. Uh, do you want to just tell everybody about your about your stuff, where to find you, at all the places in the world? You're out there in so many ways. Right. Yeah. So, let, we haven't even. That's that's funny to me that we haven't even talked about any of those things. That's no. like a second. That's like a whole like second life that we can talk about. Right. Right. Because we. That's um, the what we what yeah. we talked about. You know, when when I started doing that world and, but that's another yeah. thing to hold. Oof, oof. But yeah, let it yeah. out. Let it out. Let it all. I want it. I want it all out on the podcast and on the YouTube. So, yeah. My name is Roman Aguila. My last name is literally Spanish for eagle, and my handle is Spanish for eagle. If you Google that, you'll find me everywhere. Probably YouTube, Twitch, the whole nine. And uh, weekly when we keep up with it, but there's a podcast called Kicking and Streaming available on Spotify, eventually iTunes, but Google Play and Anchor and a bunch of other places, but Kicking and Streaming. 
is a semi-regular <laughs> podcast. So we talk about MMA and uh, stream stuff. You're not. Whoa, yeah. Wait, wait. Where's that podcast available? Kicking in. Uh, on Anchor, Anchor yeah. FM. It's on Spotify. It's on a bunch of other places too. It's, it should Google be on Play. Anchor. If once it's on Anchor, it should be on everything basically except for stitcher yeah they changed they changed something that our metadata wouldn't let us on itunes again so we got we got we're on for a hot second we got booted off oh, and i have to figure out why that is oh yeah yeah okay gotcha okay yeah there's, there's like we didn't list an author or something in like the tag file i don't know it was something like along those lines because they okay. changed something and it broke something with how we get our stuff distributed i'll follow so. on i'll follow on anchor and i'll follow on on um thank you continue i'm so sorry i just wanted to figure that out no yeah. those are pretty much the main things like i've been inactive for the past month on pretty much anything that isn't twitter so like instagram facebook i don't really post anything uh even streaming i haven't really been streaming that much so i usually just talk shit and post selfies on twitter you know yeah talk so about like my vr stuff and camera stuff mostly and then i spend most of my time in other people's streams and talking to them and you know playing games pretty much Try to simplify everything, and with um, all the stuff happening, I've been pretty present. In that's great. Twitter, and then that's it. Everything else is just either disabled or inactive. So you feel like uh, I've changed. Uh, we have to talk about streaming at some point, but uh, <laughs> I, I really need to ask you this question. I really do. Sure. Um, well, so, on this. Uh, yeah. So we our stream has changed <laughs> we hit one year of doing it every friday for nice. uh, last two two weeks ago and um whew, man things uh, things changed and my mentality changed and i uh we don't look at um i'm big on pre being present you know I, I i try to meditate every day and it's a big it's important to me right and uh mm -hmm. i never really even when we started you coached you coached me on like how to start this uh, i should have known that you know the coaching life is the co life for for roman yeah. because you were coaching me to begin this and you, you you said so many things that really stuck with me since then um namely about learning about yourself as you do it and i learned a shoot uh crap ton um so uh we don't stream anymore with uh the chat we don't look at the chat. Chat's done um, completely out of the picture for us. Mm. Um, I started a, another stream where I'm able to multi-stream. Uh, the account went to Andrew. Um, and I have another where I'm able to multi-stream because it's not affiliate and all that stuff. Uh, I stream only once a week now. I do it stri strictly for the podcast. And I do it because I want to stay present. Do you think streaming and staying present... Uh, for you, is that uh, is that a point of contention? Because uh, you play a lot of games, so you could be streaming the entire time yeah. you're playing those games. And for me, it's like I can't enjoy the game nearly the same way I would enjoy a game. Like I like games a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know. What do you yeah. think? What do you think? Is so, that has that been the the struggle for you? The. So this will be kind of a long answer. So we'll try to end on this note no, because this, should, this should have its own like section or own episode oh, basically. But believe it. Um. So part of the why I don't stream as much is like. A lot of the like the game specifically I'm playing is Valorant right now, and I oh, play competitively. Uh, and the the thing is, if you're trying to stay in the game and and do your best, it's next to impossible to keep up with chat. And I value a lot of interaction within my streams, and I work a lot of off of their energy, so to speak. And I try to keep that momentum going, which can be exceptionally annoying to people that aren't doing that. And they're like in the, in your chat and or in your Discord and like dude, shut like just. We're trying to 
make a call and stop laughing and all you know like right, I, right. I i have a different i have a very a different energy on stream yeah, yeah me too me too yeah um so when i when i play that game i'm off stream um which means a lot of my time is just off stream now because i just do that right. and then I'll, sometimes i'll record highlights and stuff that i found but for streaming i didn't think if i don't think it's entertaining i'm not going to stream it and i don't think me playing valorant is that interesting uh, which is funny because as soon as i i stopped streaming as much my viewership and, and a bunch of other numbers went up and i was like interesting uh, i don't know why or how that changed it might be just with community interaction right. like i've been spending more time in other people's streams and talking to them that helps a and lot. like supporting them that way so yeah just like people spending more time with the people well like one-on-one or just like in chat and just trying to trying to be the viewer that i would want to have for myself oh that's really like the golden rule of the golden rule of streaming you know right and the golden rule of life you know what i mean like but you're applying it there yeah that's, that's really interesting okay so every everything can be found um you know your stream your podcast spanish for eagle, spanish for eagle. is the best way to and just find everything ever. everything and your photography all of that stuff you'll spanish probably honestly you'll probably find in that 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 also or my name will pop up and then you can that is. i'm very present on the internet and i'm yeah. trying not to be okay okay yeah. um so I, it takes away a lot from my energy so i'm trying to adjust yeah it does it does that's why i like to focus on certain things like there's mm -hmm. this aspect of my life and i'm just gonna go almost all in on this basically and that's it you know what I yeah. mean? that's my life because we all are gonna die so <laughs> yeah right man we'll never make it out of life no we won't but uh, <laughs> roman this has been wonderful i've done uh I've done a couple of these and uh, this has been just like, yeah, this has just been great just to do this with you. I really appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time to come on to my show. I know you're a very busy person, so I really appreciate it. Um, and I will share it with you every, all this stuff once it's all yeah, man. clicked together. Thanks for having me. This has sure. been fun. All right, Roman. I will catch you on the flippity flip. Check out Spanish for Eagle. Google it while it's still up there before he, before he does some DMCA takedowns on, all, delete. <laughs> all, on everything. <laughs> Just delete myself from the Matrix real quick. All right, yeah. yeah. Take care of yourself, bud. We'll, we'll keep in touch, all right? Cool. Take it easy, man. Take care. Well, thanks for listening, guys, to this very interesting uh, human review of Roman. Uh, it's been a fun experiment. I uh, think it's going to be the last for a while um, until, you know, I magically have a lot more time to do these. Uh, other than that, I'll be back to regular scheduled programming of Gus and I doing some album reviews on Fridays, and we'll go from there. Yeah, this has been a really interesting step into the world of interviewing um and i feel like i've learned um a lot of what uh you know makes it uh not the as easy as it looks so uh yeah it'll be some time maybe i hope to be able to return to this and be able to interview some more interesting folks um maybe if there's time and demand for that sort of thing until then i'm gonna keep working out on some other stuff that's coming down the pipeline and uh you know i'm realizing that you know 
though this project has been very interesting, this uh, three-part project that I invited like 40 folks to do, um, but you know, uh, I was really glad that these three people actually came through, put a, put something on the calendar and went through with it. And I know that there are some other people who wanted to do it later and I didn't, uh, I haven't gotten back to them yet, uh, about it because, um, that was after I shut down everything, but I gave it like a, uh, about a week before I shut, shut it down, before I told, uh, you know, shut down the, the booking. So yeah, you know, it's just hard to keep, you know, multiple projects at the same time, you know, you really have to focus and decide, you know, what's really important to you. And right now, the human reviews, um, I think they'll always stand and I'm glad that they're done and I'm glad that they'll be released for folks. And, um, you know, as something that maybe that I could come back to. Um, and until then, I can continue to work on other things. Um, but yeah, uh, there's a lot to say about that. And I could probably write a lot more rather than just speak from the top of my head. All right. Thanks, guys.